For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Football won't be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Head over to the website and use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to Olympic coverage, it's the best in the business. From sports, right down to your your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. BetterHelp is accustomed to online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Eagles Unfiltered listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Eagles. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S. Take the time out, get your mental health in the right state of mind, and go to BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month by just listening to this podcast. That's BetterHelp.com slash Eagles. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. And, of course, we're part of the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, I just wanted to say real quick, let the A.J. Brown be with you. (laughs) Because he is now a part of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. The biggest draft day trade since Ed, in my opinion, Jason Peters, when you gave up the first round, your extra first round pick to get a star like Jason Peters, you just did the same thing when you acquired A.J. Brown. Uh, Jordan Davis, top 10 player in this draft, arguably, I think, top five because of the impact he's going to bring to this team. Jacoby Dean in the third round. If you're if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan right now, I know you're jumping up and down for joy. You might be looking at the cornerback in the safety position with a little eyebrow raise, but uh, you're still feeling really good. You're still feeling really positive because A.J. Brown is going to be playing for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, along with Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean. Ed, what were your reactions? 
to this job. You're you're in the Novacare complex. You're thinking they're going to make this pick at 18, and then boom, AJ Brown's a wide receiver for the Eagles. Yeah, I was stunned. I'm like, you know, you see the alert come across, and it's like, wait, what? AJ Brown? Honestly, this is true. Like, you know, I thought it was some kind of a, a joke of some kind. You know, it took a couple seconds to register, but um, you know, what a what a coup by uh, Howie Roseman to uh, be able to pull that off, and you know. They it took it took some last minute negotiations. I mean, it really they had about a half hour to negotiate the contract they had to sign him to to get the deal done, you know, giving him a four year, hundred million dollar deal. But, uh, you know, A.J. Brown's one of the top five receivers in the NFL. And um, man, I was stunned. And then, you know, to top it all off, Nicobe Dean just kept sliding and sliding. And, right. you know, due to what looks like some sort of a, you know, some kind of a bogus medical report. Uh, of him having declined shoulder surgery and you know he expects to be on the field the Eagles are having a rookie mini camp on Friday and Saturday and he expects to be on the field participating in, in it but and this was a guy that was a, a first round projected draft pick and you know the Eagles got him in the third round and it was interesting to hear how he say afterward that when it came to their second pick their second round pick I should say at number 51 they had Cam Jurgens and Nicobe Dean as their two top ranked players. And they went with Cam Jurgens, and they never knew that N'Kobe Dean would be sitting for there for them, you know, 31 picks later or whatever it was at pick 83. And yet there he was. So, I mean, listen, I'm, I was stunned not once, but twice. Let's hone in on that topic real quick before we get into the AJ Brown, Jordan Davis and Cam Jurgens discussion of the world. The uh, Kobe Dean's fall, you know, it, I, 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 some people are going to forget this because this is going back to revisionist history. But when Jordan Hicks in 2016, I remembered Nicobe Dean is way more heralded as a prospect, and Jordan Hicks was never considered uh, in mock drafts as a first round pick as Nicobe Dean was. But, you know, Jordan Hicks was, you know, regarded as could it be a first round talent, uh, second round talent if his injury history wasn't so damning as it was at Texas. And the Eagles took him in the third round. You know, he he did perform pretty well for the Eagles when he was healthy. Uh, I wonder if, because of the linebacker position, you're looking at this injury history. I mean, that has to be it, Ed. That has to be yeah. the answer. What scares teams is you're playing the linebacker position. Your job is to hit people routinely. And you have this type of injury report. Uh, Jordan Hicks is not the greatest example, but that's like the most recent one I can go off the top of my head to say. Because Jeremiah Trotter, too. I mean, Joe Brander brought it up himself on his Twitter account. I will give him credit for it. The same thing happened with Jeremiah Trotter, undersized linebacker with injury history, slid in the draft where he shouldn't have been because he played like a first-round pick in the NFL. So hopefully history repeats itself here and the Eagles get that into Kobe Dean. But uh, I think – because I think a lot of people are still answering, like, this doesn't make sense. He's going to be on the field for rookie camp. Why would teams be so negligent on a first-round talent? Uh, I just think it's the, the nature of his position being linebacker. He is undersized. He is undersized for the position as well. Uh, and the injury histories, which really just was too damning for teams. But I think the yeah. Eagles are going to reap the benefits here still. Well, two things there. First of all, um, you could point to DK Metcalf sliding in the draft due to his injury history and injury concerns, and teams passed on him because of it. Um, so, you know, maybe the Eagles are thinking, you know, we passed on Metcalf because of his injuries, and they brought Nakobe Dean in, according to Howie, uh, you know, three or four times to be looked at by their doctors or they sent their doctors to him. I'm not sure if he actually came to Philly for each of those examinations, but the doctors were, were comfortable with what they saw from the Kobe Dean. So really it comes down to how comfortable are you with this injury history? And 
uh, you know, the Eagles were comfortable enough to take him in the third round. And you could equate that to DK Metcalf falling to where he did in the second round, um, you know, in 2019. So that's one thing. Uh, and then second of all, I think with Nicobe Dean playing behind Jordan Davis, like he did at the university of Georgia, um, and you know, what, a, what a great draft it was for Georgia. You know, they had a record 15 guys taken in the seven rounds of the draft. They had seven defensive players gone in the first three rounds, which is an NFL draft record for the most defensive players taken in the first three rounds. And the Eagles got two of them, two very good ones. But Nicobe Dean was the heart of that defense at the university of Georgia. He was the leader of that unit, which was tremendous national championship winning defense and playing behind Jordan Davis at Georgia, he gets to do it again. And so I think that comfort level will help not just Nicobe Dean, but Jordan Davis as well. Um, so those are two things I think about when you think about Dean is he slid, but so did DK Metcalf. The Eagles were comfortable and it's on the doctors now, you know, <laughs> hopefully the doctors got it right or their job's probably going to be in trouble, but the Eagles were comfortable. They took him, and then I like how he's going to play behind Jordan Davis like he did at Georgia. I mean, they weighed the uh, reward and risk at 51, and I agree with them that the risk wasn't worth it there at 51 when you can get your starting center for the next 10-plus years like you have with Jason Kelsey. Uh, but when it came to pick 83, then that's when the reward definitely outweighed the risk uh, yeah. with the Kobe Dean at 83. That, that was an easy decision. And I think, you know, Ed, Getting into this now, since we can talk about these other prospects, what I love about this draft is that they are replicating from the 2021 draft. They're not falling in love with the traits anymore. They're falling in love with the proven production. They're falling in love with guys that are proven it. I mean, go Cam Jurgens is a tight end convert to center. And he showed you last year, he's starting to finally get it. Uh, he didn't give up a sack. I think that's correct. I might be wrong on that. It was either one or zero or one. I got to go back and look at the PFF stats, but uh, he, he looked like he was starting to finally get into his own though. And the best thing about him transitioning like that, Jason Kelsey, you know, who, who better knows how to do that? I know Jason Kelsey handpicked pretty much Cam Jurgens, or at least said, this is the guy who I think can replace me uh, and, and live up to my level in his opinion. Uh, and the Eagles fell through with it, but uh, th I think that's a slam dunk. And then of course, Jordan Davis, SEC, Arguably a top five player in this draft. You can make a strong, very, very strong case for it. Uh, Nicobe Dean. And, you know, you go ahead and you get A.J. Brown at 24 years old. When some of these players in this draft were 24 years old, and he came from the SEC, proven Ole Miss production, proven production in Tennessee with a mid-tier quarterback. Uh, what's not to – I know I know cornerback, too. Uh, they lived up to their truth, Ed. You know, Derek Stingley Jr. and, and Sauce Gardner were not obtainable going three and four. You know, that Crazy. wasn't in the Eagles range whatsoever. Nope. Um, where else in this draft were they picking? Did you have a corner over the guys that they picked? Because I didn't. Well, neither so, did the Eagles. You know, Howie Roseman said that. You know, he goes, we stayed true to our board. And, you know, they were the two guys. There wasn't a cornerback or safety that they had ranked higher than Jurgens and Dean at, you know, 51st overall. So, you know, and like Howie said, had we reached for a cornerback, you guys would say we're reaching, you know, mm -hmm. for, for a cornerback. And then once they got through the first two days, you know, you're like, well, OK, what corner are they going to find that's going to be could be able to come in and step right in and start, you know, with the pedigree of a third day pick? I mean, they did that with Zach McPherson last year. And, you know, frankly, I think they're kind of counting on him and Tay Gowan and maybe Kerry Vincent to go out and show that they can 
you know, win that job and be effective in that role. If not, they're going to have to make another move. And they did bring some corners in in the undrafted process uh, to kind of throw in the mix. But again, there was nobody there in the second round that they had ranked higher. So, yeah, why not go for the best player available? Isn't that what we always preach for the Eagles is take the best player, don't draft for positional need. And, and it seems to me that that's what they did. Yeah, and it worked last year, and it's going to work again this year. I, I have a strong feeling about that. But uh, to me also, you know, they went into last season with the same corner situation as they do now, it seems like. Uh, if I don't understand why. I know there were some names in this draft that we all loved, and as, me as well, but when they weren't obtainable, uh, I, I don't understand why everybody goes, we have to have this corner when we, you know, they were saying the same thing about Tay Gowan and uh, last year. They're saying some things about Zach McPherson last year. I mean, these guys are only one year removed from being draft picks. What's going to be the difference between a rookie and, you know, one year veterans who are already been in the system and know the playbook by now. Right. Uh, that's, that's just my, I don't understand why everybody's, you know, everybody liked Tay Gowan last year. You know, the Eagles did too. That's the reason he had to be part of that Zach Ertz trade. I know Zach McPherson looked like a slot corner, and maybe, the, I, you know, initially we all thought he'd be the future nickel of this team, replacing Avante Maddox, but then Avante Maddox, you know, ended up being a stud for the Eagles, and they had to lock him up. Uh, but he, these guys deserve as much of a chance, as much as these rookies that you guys wanted to draft, is what I'm saying. Uh, and, and same with Kerry Vincent. The Eagles liked him enough to yeah. – I mean, he was drafted in the seventh round last year, and the Eagles gave up a sixth-round pick uh, to get him. So and yeah, you can't forget Julian Vondervelde's uh, competition, Mac McCain. Mac McCain, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, no, another I, guy. You know, I mean, they, they've got guys, and they're going to have to prove themselves. And if one of them wins a job, what's going to be interesting is they're not going to throw Slay's way at all. You know, Slay can take a, an in-game in nap on that other side because they're just going to throw, you know, whatever corner is opposite him if it is one of these unproven kids. And they're going to be tested, and they're going to have to show that they can hold up and pass that test. So teams go away from them a little bit and try to throw to Slay's side. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get a better gauge how they're doing once training camp starts. And if it's, they're not doing well, then, you know, I expect Howie to start, you know, combing the waiver wire, combing other teams' rosters, and maybe trying to put a deal together. Oh, he's done that every year. Yep. Steven Nelson, he's on that with Ronald Darby. Uh, they have trade chips on this team, Andre Dillard. And, you know, I do think Jalen Rager is going to be moved at some point. It just seems like the writing's on the wall there, and they're not going to want to, you know, they're going to want to at least try to get some type of value before it ends because his yeah. cap hits only get worse by the time, uh, as time goes on, being a first round pick. So I see them moving on while he still has some kind of value, and some teams think they could salvage him. I still think that's going to happen. You know, Jordan Matthews got moved as part of that Ronald Darby trade. Could happen again. You know, the Eagles did include a draft pick, uh, sending him to Buffalo. I could, they could include a draft pick to get that corner or Andre Dillard. Uh, that's why I'm not panicking. And then Xavier Rhodes is on the market too. Uh, there's some corner options on the market as well. That could be that Steven Nelson this year. And again, uh, I think we are now, you know, missing Steven Nelson. Uh, we're, it seems like more Eagles fans are appreciating what Steven Nelson did last year. Cause I thought he was a fine quarterback too, but I, I I'm not concerned with corner as much as I am with safety. Uh, and that's just going to be a position that you hope, you know, Tyron Matthew, I know Harry Roseman said that it's not, you know, it doesn't really seem like it's in the cards. It seems like where he was coming off with, but I, I don't know. I don't, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I think you don't – What do you? I see your reaction. What does that mean? Well, listen, I, I think, you know, this defense is going to look different. Uh, they drafted linebackers, and they drafted a huge nose tackle in Jordan Davis, and then they signed Noah Ellis, or Elise, however you say that, another huge 
nose mm-hmm. tackle type. I can see more 3-4. It almost looks like the Eagles are slowly transitioning to a 3-4. And then what role does a safety play in that? I mean, you really only need kind of two of them. Uh, you, you have a ton of cornerbacks that you can bring onto the field in a situation with a nickel or a dime, but they really like Anthony Harris and, and they like Marcus Epps and Kayvon Wallace was a fourth round pick. You know, it's time for him to stay healthy and step up. Um, you know, and, and Andre Chicheri, they, you know, he could possibly play safety. Avante Maddox could move to safety in, in certain packages. I mean, right now they have enough chips from this draft and this offseason that this defense isn't going to be dependent on that you know that uh terror of a safety i mean i really think we could see a lot of three four from john gannon we saw it last year a little bit but now you have no you know jordan Davis in the middle Noah at least you can put in there uh you know you have three four you have four linebackers you draft tyron johnson the kobe dean they signed the kaiser white uh, you know, they signed Son Reddick, who's an outside linebacker. I mean, this to me looks like a 3-4 defense. And in a 3-4 defense, you don't need your safeties to be world beaters. You know, you need linebackers who can play, uh, who can cover. And I think the Eagles have that. I think we're living in a world where coordinators want to go on a scheme based on the matchups now, more so than just name a scheme. Yeah. I, I, I think the multiple fronts are going to happen routinely now. I think it's yeah, going to yeah, depend yeah, on the matchup, that, which is fine. Yeah, that, that, hey, that's where the league's yeah. going. That's yeah, where the league's going. He took a lot of grief for saying, I don't have a scheme. You know, like, oh, who doesn't have a scheme? But, you know, it makes sense when you think about it. He's going to no, that's where the league's going. You have to, yeah. you know, one week you can be playing, like, a 12 personnel favored offense. And then the next week you can be playing 11 personnel with the four wide receivers already having over 500 yards receiving in total. Like, it, it, you have to play de- uh, dedicated to who you're playing. Yeah. Uh, I you, think that's you, what they're doing with these interchangeable yeah. pieces that they keep adding. Even in game, but, you can make adjustments. I'll tell you right now, I'm Marcus Epps' biggest fan, so we all know <laughs> where my flag is in the Marcus Epps camps. He's the second best safety he gets to run last year. He does exactly what everything you want in this in this defense from a safety position. Mm-hmm. Anthony Harris did get backup money. His job is not guaranteed. It's going to be a fun competition to see who evolves themselves to safety. But you know, right now, uh, I know everybody's worried about the position. I am too. I, th- I don't think they have an opposite running. A, a capable opposite running mate to Marcus Epps, in my opinion, because I do think Marcus Epps is going to surprise a lot of people. And they, they felt comfortable letting a team captain and team leader and Rodney McLeod leave on the market enough because I think they want Marcus Epps to replace him. They're confident enough in Marcus Epps. And I'm telling you right now, if you go back and watch the film or don't even that, I, I, I'm just going to do some self promo here. Read my, mar- my article about him in, in January. They, I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff that we missed that was on the All-22 that he actually really blossomed in because we're not really used to seeing him on the field or recognizing his name. There's a lot to go off of there, a lot to go off of a Marcus Epps. Opposite of him, I'm not so sure. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm not as concerned, to be honest, about the safeties or the corners. Well, that's a good point, though. I think you have a really solid point about, you know, they're trying to transition to what they asked for for their defense. The, this defense is going to be so much easier on the safeties. Yeah, and they're going to play five-man fronts, I think. You know, they have enough guys now where they can go five-man fronts with some of the linebackers, you know, used off the edge as stand-up guys. You know, Patrick Johnson is one of those guys. Maybe Kyron Johnson. I mean, you go back and look at Kyron Johnson film and, you know, he's a guy when they drafted him, like, Who, who's Kyron Johnson? And then I started watching some some uh some some tape on him and man, he's fast off the edge. Mm-hmm. He 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 dominated a lot down at the senior bowl. You know, he's pushing yeah, guys Penning. like Trevor Penning around, who was a first round pick of the Saints, uh, just bull rushing these guys. I mean, he's fast, he's got good hands, 
Uh, and he doesn't lack confidence. Uh, we had him on a conference call and he said, you know, I looked at Hassan Reddick and try to model myself after Hassan Reddick. Now, you know, Reddick was the 13th overall pick in the draft, you know, Kyron Johnson's a sixth round pick, but, you know, certainly you can't fault the confidence there. And I, you know, but you know, that that's going to be the thing is now they have some guys that they can, you know, bring in and play on that defense. And that's going to be the Jonathan Gannon's advantage. He must be stoked about this draft. We haven't talked to him, but he, he must love what the Eagles did for him in this draft and in, for, in undrafted free agency. I love this Noah Ellis kid that they're bringing in as a nose tackle, 6'4", 360 pounds. I mean, they, they've got two huge D tackles in him and Davis. It kind of, you know, we've said this, I've, I felt like we've said this on multiple pods, maybe just one, but, you know, they finally added the personnel to match what their defensive coordinator wants to do. They didn't do that when his first year here. You know, it was more of trying to fit more, when it, and not even that. It was trying to get the coaching staff to adapt to what they have on their roster. Now it seems more of there's, Hey, Jonathan, you know, you're about to be, you've had three head coaching interviews this offseason. Uh, you're back with us as defensive coordinator. Clearly, the league admires your brain. Uh, we're all in with you. You know, it wasn't the birdiest last year, uh, but that we didn't really also give you what you asked for. We just kind of wanted you to take advantage of this roster that we have now and try to mold your system around it. Here's Jordan Davis. Here's Nakobe Dean. Uh, here's Kyron Johnson. Here's Hassan Reddick. Uh, let's make it work now. You know, here's Kazir White. Because he's gonna be a huge role this year as well. Yep. Uh, yeah. I. What a draft. I mean, what, they've what, got linebackers. You know, Howie Roseman yeah. has linebackers. Who saw that coming? I mean, they didn't they have, draft a quarterback. Have, you know, we, Howie was asked, "Did you ever think about drafting a quarterback?" And he said, "No." But then he signed two in the undrafted free agency: Park Carson Strong and EJ Perry from Brown. Um, you know, see what they can do. But he, he drafted linebackers. We can't sit here and pick on them now for not putting value on the linebackers. All right, it wasn't the first round. It wasn't Devin Lloyd or, uh, you know, Quay Walker. There's two guys. No, I get, yeah, I gave him all the credit because I didn't think – Yeah. I, part of my French, I don't think he had had the balls to take N'Kobe Dean in the third round. I really didn't. I did I, not. I didn't either. I, I so, didn't either. But they took him. Yeah. I mean, it was – I gave him all his credit. Pick. He drafted him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought – I you know, I put Tariq Woolen. I thought they were going to draft the cornerback. I think he was still there at 83. Maybe he wasn't. He was – was no, he, he, no, no, no. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because he didn't go until the fourth round or fifth round. He yeah, didn't go to the I, fifth round. Yeah, he didn't go to the fifth round. He was yeah. one pick before the Eagles in the fifth round. They traded out after he got picked by the Seahawks. Yeah, so there you go. That would have been a reach by me. I'm not a GM, but I like Tariq Wollin. But, man, they, you're right. He had the guts to take N'Kobe Dean and, and uh, you know, to you his You want to know why? He did. Why? You want to know why? No, yeah. They're sticking to the board now. They're not going <laughs> off of positional need right. That's after, right. as they used to. They didn't go off of what – they didn't take Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson because they needed this. They thought they needed the speed and not the the you know body catcher. Let's just say because that's a horrible way to put Justin Jefferson in perspective. But you guys, you guys get what I'm saying. They they wanted a trait over what the guy brought to the table, and now it's what does he bring to the table? And let's build around that. Let's build around what Devontae Smith can do because I don't care about his size. The production's there. Let's build around what Jordan Davis can do. Because I don't care about his stats on the uh on the box score, you can see his impact on the field. Because I know you were one of the ones who was a strong advocate for the Jordan Davis pick, and it was like at first not the most popular pick among the Eagles fan base. But I and I give that one year until they fall in love with the guy. Because even Fletcher Cox made an impact his rookie year when he was behind Colin Jenkins and Mike Patterson. I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Davis still does. 
Yeah, and and he'll be used. I mean, Fletcher Cox played 49% of the snaps his rookie year. I would think that's probably a neighborhood where you'll see um, Jordan Davis in that range, uh, you know, because they're going to do some things up front where they're going to use him. And, uh, you know, he's a big load. And, you know, if you're playing four linebackers and he's occupying two blocks, uh, you know, some of those linebackers are going to make a lot of tackles. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the pick. I, you know, people will say, well, hey, did, you know, they gave up too much. You know, they gave up three uh, of their draft picks. No, Ravens would have taken them. Well, yeah, they had to get ahead of the Ravens for sure. I mean, Davis even said when he was asked who he visited, he only mentioned three teams. He said he only visited three teams. Eagles, Ravens, and Cowboys. And he said, I knew I was going to get picked by one of them, so I didn't take any more visits. And so he knew the Ravens were going to get him unless the Eagles were able to trade up. And listen, you know, those picks they gave up, they weren't, you know, they're all day three picks. It it was, you know, a high volume. But as Howie said afterward, you know, what's the hit rate on those third-day draft picks? They gave up a fourth and two of their fifths. And, yeah, you'd like to probably have some, some of that collateral. The Eagles didn't draft anybody in the fourth. Uh, round or uh, the fifth round uh, after trading back. But, yeah. you know, you'd like to have had some of that, but listen, I think it was worth it to move up two spots to get who they ranked as one of the top 10 players in the draft, the top defensive tackle, no question. And here's another thing I liked about the draft, Connor, and Jordan Davis fits in this uh, thinking as well as N'Kobe Dean and some others, is they're going to need leaders to become the next wave of leaders in that locker room. You're losing – a lot of them soon, you know, the Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, they're all on the other side of 30 now. Who knows how much time they have left? They need to bring in guys that can lead more than just the quarterback. Jalen Hurts, fantastic leader. But, you know, Davis and Dean are leaders. Um, you know, they're going to be kind of that next wave of leaders, I think. And that's what the Eagles needed to do is find guys that can lead the next wave of players to come through. Hey, Ed, remember when the Eagles moved up for Fletcher Cox? Yeah. Can you name the players that were traded for those picks to move up for Fletcher Cox? Nope. Can you? Yeah, neither can I. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's the same thing all over again, to be honest with you. And, and he wasn't some great sack guy at college. You know, Mississippi State, he had five sacks his last No, because year. of how they used him. Yeah, because, you know, and so, listen, people think, oh, Davis only didn't play any third downs and all this nonsense. I mean, he's going to play, and he's going to develop, and he's going to play a lot going forward you know might not be as a rookie he might not get to that 50 percent defensive snap mark he might but if he doesn't it's okay because going forward he is and uh he's exactly what they needed i think like the only kind this this might sound a little ignorant but it just from what it seems like from these past couple drafts the only conference that treats interior defensive linemen like true rushers is the pac-12 all the other ones treat the interior guys like space eaters so the edge rushers can feast so these linebackers can blitz like i mean i don't know that's just what it seems to me and that's where fletcher cox went to school that's where jordan davis went to school and then you know like a guy like deforest buckner reek armstead you know they went to oregon in the pac-12 or solomon thomas at stanford when he was a beast at, at one time that's that's just what i'm thinking you know i when it comes to the nfl fletcher cox was used completely different multiple times mm-hmm. and he became an elite player doing so uh i have no doubt jordan davis is gonna do the same thing I have no doubt. Yeah. Take the proven talent each time. And Class Campbell really even spoiled it for everybody else. He he tweeted out, he oh, I thought Jordan Davis was gonna be one of my teammates. I thought I was gonna teach him. And you know, Jordan Davis reminds me so much of Clayus Campbell. So I love the pick. I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you like the fact that Cox, you know, hopefully he takes this well. I think he will. Um, 
but you, you just don't know. But yet, you know, but listen, Cox is there. He can teach Jordan Davis, uh, you know, what he knows, some of the, you know, ins and outs being on the field, off the field is just as important, you know, for these rookies coming in, they're getting a lot of money. They're in a different city, a different set of people around them. So, you know, Cox can teach them all that. So can Brandon Graham and, you know, so can Javon Hargrave. I mean, they have guys that have been in this league now and it's good to bring in rookies that can learn at their feet. Yeah. I, Fletcher Cox is a professional. I'm not worried about it. Let's talk about some Cam Jurgens though. Let's talk about like, cause I'm excited about that yeah. too. I really think, I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, cause there is some, you know, media members that are, why would you take a backup in the second round? I, same conversation. We feel like we had with Landon Dickerson last year. And then, you know, his impact was provided because he moved to guard. And now it seems he's going to stay at guard, which I think is a great move. He's a fantastic guard. I'd hate to see him leave that position. Uh, but Cam Jurgens, I mean, he, I think this is going to be a different story. I think he is going to be the center of the future, actually, this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Jason Kelsey says the best. He reminded him so much of himself. Uh, I, I'm all in on that pick because of how much it, you know, I remember when it wasn't Jamal Jackson anymore and the Eagles were struggling with uh, Nicole and some other guys. And I don't want to go back to that at time. You know, I'm fine with, you know, when Jason Kelsey held it down for all these years, uh, even when the part when it was getting bad and then he got really good. Um, I don't want to go through the bad years again. The center's the most, one of the most important positions. And if Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy that you're all invested in, which by the way, another draft where it seems like they just reinforced that statement once again. But uh, if, if Jalen Hurts is going to be your quarterback for the future and you're going to, or you're at least going to get plan as of right now that he is, uh, you're going to want a center You want that can run block, obviously, correct? You want to have that Jason Kelsey type pull to the side type guy uh, to help your rushing attack that's going to be what Jalen Hurts. Um, Cam Jurgens is going to be that guy. So I'm I have no not opposed to that pick at all. I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, Jeff Shoutland can turn anything into anything. But, I mean, these late-round guys, he's not really turning into starters besides Jordan Mulata. Which was, I mean, I, I still think, you know, obviously because of his size and everything, he's a massive freak. But again, let's not treat every, like these guys, like they're not anomalies that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Lane Johnson's first round pick. Lane Dickerson, Dickerson's a second round pick. Brandon Brooks, uh, before he became to the Eagles, was a third round pick and reached a, a new height with Jeff Salin. Isaac Sayamal was a third round pick. Like these guys are drafted pretty highly for majority of their offensive line. Uh, there's a reason why they felt the need to do so again with Cam Jurgens. Yeah, I, listen, it's a great story how they ended up taking him, and I wrote about it. It's on EagleMaven.com. But I mean, you know, Eagles they today. brought. Yeah, yeah, right. Eagles today. Yeah, but the EagleMaven.com is where you can find it, or at you know www. Oh, still that URL? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, still that URL, and so is as you know the the uh, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. But I wrote about it, and um, you know, they brought Cam in for a visit, and. Uh, they had talked to Kelsey and said, hey, listen, you know, we're bringing this guy in and we think he could be, you know, your potential replacement whenever that day comes. Uh, would you meet with him and talk to him and, you know, get your opinion of him? So, you know, Cam told the story that he's in a meeting with Jeff Stout and he's being quizzed on the offense and the scheme and this and that. And, you know, Jason Kelsey walks into the room uh, after about an hour with Stout and sits down and the two of them start talking about cattle. You know, apparently Jason Kelsey is thinking about purchasing some cattle 
uh, when his career is over and maybe becoming a cattle rancher. And Cam Jurgensen or Cam Jurgens grew up on a cattle farm in Nebraska. Right. And so they start talking and they really connected and developed this bond. And Jurgens said the meeting lasted like over an hour. And he loved meeting Kelsey and thought he was a cool dude and down to earth. And, you know, he went into Howie's office after the uh, after the meeting with him and, and Stoutland and said, I just met Jason Kelsey. He's awesome. And, uh, you know, so I think that was a, a pretty cool story. And then, of course, Kelsey fell in love with him after, you know, looking at the film and talking to him and meeting him and seeing what type of person and player he is. Um, and, and how he talked about it might not be a good analogy, but, you know, that center is a very important position for the Eagles sort of like when the Packers drafted um, Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was in town. You know, they didn't need Aaron Rodgers at that point. He sat behind Brett Favre. Uh, you know, it's not a quarterback, but it's a center that the Eagles value. So they had 25 years of sustained excellence at quarterback in Green Bay with Favre and then Rodgers. And now that's kind of what they hope this is. You know, you had a 12, 13-year run with Kelsey, and you hope that Jurgens can come in and play for 12 years. And then you have that sustained excellence at a position that they really value. So uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. They could trans, you know, could get him some reps at guard, you know, cross train him a little bit. So maybe he can step in, but man, they've got a lot of guards now. And we thought, you know, in the media room when after the trade, we thought, well, maybe they'll now they'll try to trade uh, Nate Herbig after they took Jurgens. Like maybe that puts him on the market. Maybe you can get a fourth or fifth round pick for him or even see uh, because they do have kind of a log jam there. But listen, he's the center of the future. Uh, he might see some reps this year. And you never know, Jason Kelsey. I mean, I know he got this Ironman streak, 120-plus straight games, but you, you never know. Should he get hurt? Hopefully he doesn't. Who who would you have stepped have step in? I mean, Nate Herbig's okay, but, you know, he's no. not really a center. No, he can't snap the ball at all. No, so who, who's coming in? Then you got to move Dickerson over or, or Siamalu, and then you're disrupting all sorts of, of – balance and chemistry on that line so god forbid something happens to kelsey now you got cam jurgens and can step in uh and start playing for for uh kels the most underrated thing by you know even i think media members anybody is chemistry along the offensive line and what it can do to a union you yeah. know even if jason kelsey goes down and cam jurgens gets inserted that that would hurt the chemistry of the offensive line and it would definitely show for the first couple of weeks it takes time Yep. It takes time to build that chemistry. So uh, the Eagles are all that goes into their mind when they make that pick. And uh, Landon Dickerson proved them right. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here and go all in with this pick. And I also saw a video of him doing pass uh, rush sets against a bull. So uh, blocking pass blocking sets, excuse me, against a bull, a live bull. So I'm all in on that. That's the type of center I want for my team. Yeah, I mean he's he's not a finished product. I mean, no, no, no question. You know, these guys have to come in. None, none of these guys are these rookies. They have to come in and, and and get better. You know, they're they're you know you hope there's still ceiling there and there's still improvement that needs to be made. You so yeah, he's he's got to get better. I think pass blocking is a, you know, him anchoring is a little bit of a concern, but he's athletic and he's going to learn from one of the best to ever play that position. Grant Call Ketera too. I, just, I think that's, you know, we'll, we kept saying our mock drafts, they need to add another tight end. They need to add another tight end. They do so. I think this is a good move, too, as well. Yeah, Grant Calcaterra. He started his career Calcaterra. at uh, Oklahoma uh, where, when Jalen Hurts was the quarterback, which, you know, so those two know each other well. They're friends. In fact, Calcaterra, when we had him on the uh, on the Zoom call after he was picked, said that Hurts called him five minutes after 
he was drafted and said, let's go, let's get to work. Um, you know, so he's really excited to come in and, and, you know, try to, you know, win, win a role on this team. Uh, we'll see, you know, there's competition in that room. JJ Ortega Whiteside making the move over to tight end, a move that, you know, a lot of people think, you know, is worthless or a last ditch effort, whatever it probably is, but I think he might be okay in that role. Um, but, you know, obviously you have Jack Stroll, that... Irie Jackson, you have Jason Kroom, you have Richard Rodgers potentially. I mean, you, you got a lot of tight ends in that room, and Calcaterra is going to come in, and he's going to try to find what his niche is. Uh, it's pretty cool that he's friends with Hertz, so maybe they develop a little bit of a relationship uh, on the field. Um, we'll see. I mean, he's a seventh-round pick, or rather a sixth-round pick. Um, you know, who, who, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. He's had some injuries, obviously concussions. That's a big story, and – you know, he, he retired from the game and he went to get his uh, fireman's license uh, he, like Danny Watkins. You know, the Eagles just can't stay away from these firemen. But, you know, he was away from the game for a little bit, um, got his EMT license, learned how to – he went to firefighting school, uh, and then he realized, hey, I really missed it, decided to return to the game, went to SMU, had a pretty good season in SMU, and now he's an Eagle. You know, it's funny to me that – it just pops into my head randomly that J.J. Arcega Whiteside and A.J. Brown were in the same draft, trapped in the same round. Yeah. One is just inked a $100 million deal with the Eagles. The other one's transitioning tight end. Yeah. Crazy. Well, it, and it's it's interesting because how he alluded to that draft, you know, they did a lot of homework on him in 2019, A.J. Brown, when he came into the league. And, um, yeah, I think there were some medical issues with him as well. But uh, the Titans took him 51st overall. Yeah, he went pretty high in the second well, round. He, yeah, 51. And then the Eagles were on the clock at 53, I think it was. Uh, and they took Miles Sanders. So you wonder if, like, and then, of course, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside went 57. Um, but you wonder if Brown is still on the board if the Eagles wouldn't have taken him instead of Miles Sanders. Um, you know, it's just because how he said, you know, it's just the way the draft played out, kind of inferring that, had Brown been there, they might have taken him over Sanders, but he wasn't. Um, and, you know, and now they got him. You know, so and they have Sanders too, and they have Arcega Whiteside, which that's not that good. But no. you know, uh, yeah. So I, it's great, man. That, if this draft goes down as a as an F, eventually, I don't like to give grades until three years have passed. But this looks like a home run draft. But this draft or this year will always be remembered that the year they got A.J. Brown because I think A.J. Brown's going to be a stud. I mean, he's just going to keep doing what he's oh, doing. Oh, yeah. Piled up yeah, two 1,000-yard seasons in his three years. and You know, he's got 24 touchdown catches already in three seasons. I mean, that's, that's incredible. He had 11 in one season. So um, him and Jalen Hurts worked out in the offseason together. Um, which best is, friends, man. Yeah, they're best good friends. friends. Yeah, so, you know, having him and Devontae Smith, now you're going to have to, if you're a defense, you're not going to be able to double Devontae Smith and leave Jalen Rager open or Quez Watkins open. Um, you're going to have to pick your poison. Who are you going to double? Dallas Goddard coming off the line, Smith uh, or uh, or Brown. I mean, now you have options uh, in that offense, and uh, I think it's going to be so much fun to watch. I can't wait. Yeah, with all due respect to my guys, I love Deshaun Jackson. I love Jeremy Macklin. For, had him on the pod. Uh, big fan of Jeremy Macklin. But this is better. Devontae Smith and A.G. Brown project to be better, a better duo. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Like that, it's insane to think that the Eagles have this starting tandem as their outside wide receivers. Still can't fathom it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's really going to sink in when they when they finally suit up and they play on the same field together. It's going to be magical. But let's get on to this. You on drafted free agent class to end the show real quick too. Uh, very strong, and I say that uh, metaphorically because Carson Strong is now a member of the Eagles. But very strong on drafted free agent class because. You know, again, they made five picks. So, of course, they're going to go hard after these undrafted free agents where they probably projected some of them to be drafted. Uh, I think uh, the cornerback from Clemson, Mario Goodrich, is a great example of that. Um, Giving him 200 and something uh, thousand right off the bat for guaranteed money, you know, signals to me, it doesn't mean you make the team, but it gives you an upper leg compared to the rest of the undrafted free agents that they signed to make the team. So, uh, very strong class. Joshua Joe, Carson Strong. Carson Strong, I think, is going to beat out Reed Sennett for sure for that arm talent. Uh, the thing that really, you know, everybody's talking about his medicals as the reason why he wasn't drafted. Uh, I think the major concern for me that I did not know until it started to come out a little bit is that he couldn't tell any team that he met with what Nevada's offense was. He couldn't break it down for any team. I, I mean, that's, you know, that's concerning. For guys who's thrown that many touchdowns in that system, you can't break down your offense. You know, that's going to be a work in progress, more, more so than the medicals as well. Uh, so I know everybody's, you know, I thought he was quarterback one at some one point. I tweeted that in January. I said, this guy's going to be my quarterback one. And, you know, the intangibles are insane. His arm talent's insane. But uh, for everybody, let's just remember, these aren't, we have to pump, I pump the brakes a lot more on undrafted free agents now than I ever have so before because, you know, very rarely do they hit and make the roster. There's some very great chances this year with having, having five draft picks that they're going to get some guys. Uh, to stick from these undrafted free agent corps. I think Carson Strong will be one of them, but let's not, you know, let's pump the brakes on anything about him right now because of where he's at as a player. Well, you know, listen, this was a strong uh, group late, and, you know, Daniel Jeremiah talked about that. He said that he usually evaluates like 600 players uh, for a draft, and he sometimes has a hard time finding 600 to evaluate. He said, this year I found you know, almost 700 that could be graded uh, as draft picks. So everybody knew this was going to be a really good undrafted free agent group to pick from. And again, I think that's why Howie had no problems unloading some of these picks to do what he did in this draft, because he knew that there would be some guys late. And the one thing the Eagles do is they do a good job identifying undrafted free agents that come in and help. Look at TJ Edwards. You know, he's a key piece of this defense. Now he was undrafted out of Wisconsin. Look at Corey Clement, you know, a Super Bowl hero, had a great season as a rookie. He was undrafted. Jack Stoll, the tight end, who uh, proved to be a pretty valuable piece on the offense last year, he was undrafted. So, you know, they do a good job with the homework that's required to find players that can come in and help. And it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, maybe two or three of these guys can come in and make the team. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be Carson strong. He looked terrible at the senior bowl. He could hardly move, you know, he's got knee issues, uh, you know, good flyer, but you know, everybody liked Jamie Newman last year too, when they brought him yeah. in from Wake Forest and he, what did he last a month? Yeah. I just don't see, see that's Carson. my point. I, I, yeah. I'm starting to fall in love. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, grow up from that, put my foot down on that. Yeah. Fall in love. He's on drafted free agents. You know, that's, not the best move, guys. They usually don't stick. Well, here, here, uh, here's very, something you can fall in love with, I think. Britton Covey, the punt returner from Utah. They, It's yes. clearly somebody they need. Now, we'll see if Devin Allen can do that job also. 
but Britton Covey could be a guy that sticks in the, in the return game. Uh, I think Mario Goodrich, like you mentioned, could be one of those cornerbacks that can get on the field at some point. Um, I like Kennedy Brooks, the running back from Oklahoma. I yeah. Think it was Oklahoma. Yep. Um, yep. Know, it was Jalen Hurts' former running back. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that could come in and, and possibly stick. Um, so there's some guys that you could fall in love with. I mean, I wouldn't fall in love with Carson Strong, uh, but they signed another quarterback too, this E.J. Perry E.J. from Perry. Brown, yep. who I think is could have a chance to push. You have to remember Reed Sinet is your third-string guy. I'm a mm-hmm. little surprised they didn't trade Gardner Minshew, but um, again, maybe he's a player that you could trade in the summer if you want to go try to find a cornerback and you see E.J. Perry really kind of pushing, or even Carson mm-hmm. Strong. Maybe maybe Strong just needs some time to get over some of these injuries, but I think he's a very, very long shot uh, to be in the mix to help uh, this team. But um, sure. I, I like Britton Covey a lot uh, from Utah. I think he's a solid return guy, and this team needs help in the return game. And uh, Noah Ellis as well, as you said yes. earlier. I think I think he has a great shot of making this team as well. Uh, but they always seem to keep an undrafted corner each year. So I think uh, Mario Goodrich is – or Joshua Job. You know, Joshua Job is yeah. also on the team as well. I mean, they have some they have some guys for prospects for undrafted free agents this year as well. You mentioned uh, but, Goodrich, though, getting that $217,000 payday. I mean, that's more than, you know, some seventh-round picks get. So Yeah, that's making know. the team money. That's making yeah, that's the team right. money. That's that's true. Yeah, I hope he makes the team. The Eagles won't have any problem moving on for him if he comes in and he can't play. But you know, that's certainly they have high hopes for him by what they paid him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, you're right because I mean they've they've done that before. They've done that in the past where they've given out a high guaranteed undrafted free agents to secure them, but and they didn't they end up making the team. But I, I don't think they got to worry about this one this round. I think he's going to because that, like I said, there's always some kind of undrafted free agent corner that ends up making the team. Uh, this is the year to do so when they have so many guys at the bottom of the death chart that are fighting to make the team as well. Uh, but man, my fellow listeners, let the AJ vibe, AJ Brown vibes be with you because this is something that you guys got to soak in for weeks. Uh, at the same time, please, please focus on Jordan Davis, Cam Jurgens, Nicobe Dean as much as possible as well because that was a it doesn't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm tired of thinking about how many players you get in a draft. I care about how many players you actually hit on in a draft class. You know, that's forget about the, the how many you're bringing in let's start focusing on how many you actually hit on and these first three picks it's going to be really tough not to hit on these guys i think so look at 2018 2018 didn't have a lot of volume right they had what five guys and they re-signed four of them on their second contracts already so you're right it's about quality not quantity exactly that that's that's the metaphor i was actually looking forward to use but guys Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week for another episode or maybe sooner. We'll see how it goes. But again, yeah, uh, rookie first... camp coming up, baby. Maybe there'll be something coming out of the rookie camp. Oh, uh, actually, yeah, because you guys get to. Maybe I'm, I'm not a... sure what the schedule is. If we're going to, hopefully, we'll have some time on the field to watch, but uh, with some video and all that good stuff. But I was about to say, we're, I'm, I'm ready for those Ed Camp Report videos again. Those were fun yeah, last year. <laughs> I'm ready all to right. do them. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.